Rebellious Studio presents the Mind Body Podcast with your host, Maria Angelova. Hey Rebels, welcome to the Mind Body Podcast, your rebellious podcast with me, your host, Maria, where it is all about a strong body, calm mind, healing, and fully living. It is my pleasure today to have on today my friend and colleague, Helen Panos. Hello, Helen. How are you doing? Hello, Maria. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific. I am great, and I'm excited to talk about... I think passion, you know, following your dream, entrepreneurship, and something else I'm passionate about, kids, right? Because yeah. Helen is, well, you know what? I'm not going to tell people who you are. You're going to tell us by sharing <laughs> with a little bit of backstory of who you are. Let's start that way. Well, I am Helen Panos. I am an educator of 25 plus years and a public school system in the metro Atlanta area. And I am, um, gosh, I've, most of my years were spent in middle school, um, but I have Dynamis Learning. It's a K through 12 tutoring advocacy and SAT ACT prep company. We are um, helping children right now. We are bridging the gap, the educational gap that's out there to help kids get to where, where they are now currently and where they want to go or be. And uh, I think that's important. You don't just uh, push kids into being something they're not or can't be. So that's what I love about that line is we are also providing resources, support, and solutions now. That's our new rebranding and the advocacy part of the K-12 through tutoring. So we do uh, mainly in Atlanta, but uh, we do in-person in the metro Atlanta area. We also come to you. We do not have a facility. We don't have a brick and mortar. And also we are nationwide virtually. So we could do virtual in Atlanta. We could do virtual in person, uh, virtual nationwide and in person in Atlanta. All right. Helen, tell us three words that describe you and tell us a little backstory be- behind each word. Uh, let me see. Um, I believe I had said, uh, oh, gosh, I hope you're going to edit because I forgot. So, you know what? Don't um, don't worry about what you said and what you're going to say now, because you can totally change it. Okay, so I would say um, empowering uh, passion and um, consistency is important, too. Those are like three big words that I just live my whole life around. And I think that's pretty much why I actually started my business is because of those. Yeah. You know, empowering, how great it is to empower kids to be who they are and to develop their gifts into doing what they want to do. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit about my story. I come from a family of academics and it was very much about making good grades and passing the tests and it really wasn't as much about what I wanted to do. I was good in sports and I enjoyed sports, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I don't hold that against my parents because I know that they did the best that they can based on what they knew and their academia. So, and coming from Eastern Europe, academics was big, but I will tell you, as I'm raising my daughter, I'm a lot more intentional about giving her space for her to do what she likes to do. And not be as focused on, per se, the grades, but the experience Mm -hmm. and learning and really taking even the life lessons that come with learning. And I'd love to hear what you have to say about that as an educator. Oh, 
Yes, that's that's beautiful. That's perfect, uh, Maria. She's got a she's a lucky little girl to have you as a mom because that is very important. Um, I think life lessons are almost as important as the actual academics that they get in school off of their subjects, right? Because you can take things if we think about it as entrepreneurs, we we go to school, we get our college degrees, right? But we may not necessarily stay in that degree. I didn't at first. I, I started off in business and then I got a certification in education and then I went into teaching. And now look at me, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> it's an education, but you know, I've had to learn a lot of things and a lot of things are by experience. And I always say to kids, the best way you can learn um, when I'm tutoring kids to help them get in the gifted program, I just said this yesterday, is, you know, you, vocabulary and things like that that you see on tests, you're not really going to just learn all of those out of books, right? It's more the experience you're, I could tell your parents take you places like maybe museums or traveling. And the way you get become more well-rounded is to travel and see the world and see other vocabulary words that you're going to maybe run into later on that you may not normally see. So I, I definitely agree with that. Experiences are important. I am so glad that you brought up travel and experiences because we're having this little dilemma at the house <laughs> where I want to take this trip and I have to take my daughter out of school for a couple of days. And it's funny because I've gone through my entire transition from corporate into entrepreneurship. And, you know, I was a star student. I was an A student, honor student, all of that. And when I got into entrepreneurship, I got into it a little bit cocky, like I know what I'm doing and life very quickly. <laughs> No, not really. Let me teach you. And I kind of had to start all over again. And we we're having this conversation with my husband. He's like, why do you want to take her out of school? And I'm like, because what she will learn on this trip will be so much valuable than what she will get into the classroom, right? She will have firsthand experience with a different culture, different language, different food, different people, things mm -hmm. that you just don't get in the classroom. And I think that is so valuable. To a, especially a child, to everybody, adults as well, but especially a child whose mind is developing. I agree, because when uh, years ago, when a lot of kids would take off uh, and go with their parents because they had that opportunity, let's say the father was traveling for work, and I would just say, you know, get some, take notes when you're gone, come back, do a PowerPoint, and, and I want you to share it with the class, because... Other kids may never have that opportunity to do what you just did, go to Australia. I had kids that would go to Australia for a week and a half or so. <laughs> now, you know, you have the truancy laws and you have to be more careful about, you know, that they're very, you know, stringent on how many days kids can miss and all of that. But, um, yeah, I I do recall those days when kids would leave quite a bit. And, and I just said, make it into an educational experience and bring back something that you could share with the class because I'm going to ask you to share it. And I was a social studies teacher, so that worked out perfectly. That, yeah. That's, that's right. what they would do. Yeah. What would you say called you to take on an entrepreneurship path? Um, so we all know COVID just happened a couple of years ago. And of course, there's some educational gaps because of that, but there's also been gaps before even COVID occurred. So I knew, gosh, at least seven or eight years ago, if not before that, that I didn't feel that the school systems were going down the right path with kids, not all kids. Some mm -hmm. kids are fine. They're very, you know, 
rebellious, let's say. They're gung-ho, they work hard, and they'll be fine, even with a little teaching, right? But there's a lot of kids, I'd say 75% of them at least, who need a lot more assistance and nurturing. And so I knew and saw the path that the school systems were going down, which was more about testing and how important testing was. And that kind of changed the way I taught too. It wasn't as interesting, to be honest with you. It wasn't as fun. I didn't feel like they were getting what I feel like they should get. And um, too much emphasis on testing. And testing is important because it does reveal data. But we as teachers, I, I know many teachers would agree with me that there needs to be some, you know, realization about testing as well, because testing is what that child looks like on that day at that moment. It, and it may be reflected on what classes they take in the future. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's a little bit unfair, but I think kids definitely need to learn. And I've, I, so I started Dynamis Learning, which um, is rebranded to Dynamis Learning. It was Dynamis Learning Academy. And I feel like the only way to really reach children is to help them where where they need to be, where they are now and where they need to go. And that's 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 very personalized and customized. And we all know that these classroom sizes are very large and the school systems cannot handle what's going on today. Let's just be honest about that. And I think there's a myth running around where parents think school systems are going to fix all the problems. And that's not true. And it really hasn't been true. Even more so today, it's not going to be true. So um, there's a lot of differentiation, even more so, and a lot of problems occurring. And so it's impossible for one teacher in a classroom of 30 to 35 to really fix all those problems in the limited time they have. I I'll just be honest about that. And, you know, I was talking to somebody who is part of Food and Scouting uh, School Board, and we were having a discussion about the reduction of classroom sizes, and she brought up the cost, the um, crazy cost that's associated mm. with reducing classroom size, which I understand. And I think something very important that you bring up, and I would say that's in the context of education, as well as health and health care, is that um, we really need a mindset shift. Tell me if you agree with that, with the way we look at you know, are the teacher, is it only the teacher's responsibility to develop a child? There is also mm. the responsibility of what happens at home, right? Exactly. We can't just outsource the, the kid out and expect that they're going to get all of the attention from the teachers because, I mean, let's talk about teachers as well. I think teacher burnout is another huge issue that's happening out there. You brought mm. up the point of, you know, teachers not really loving as much as what they do because the curriculum is not about teaching and them enjoying teaching, being creative. It's about following a rigid structure in order to pass a test. So that's one. They have to handle all of these kids with different personalities, right? Mm -hmm. And then all, there's all of that bureaucracy that they have to take care of past the regular workday. So there is the teacher burnout there. So it really becomes magnified because when the teachers are burned out, you know, I was talking to somebody else. If you have a teacher who is burned out, how do you expect that teacher to inspire and be positive and patient with a child? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's difficult. <laughs> I, mean, I have one child who is a preteen, right? And sometimes for me, it's, you know, it's a challenge to handle one child. I, I don't know how you do that with 30 of them. 
Yeah, it's 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 definitely challenging. And depending on the dynamics of the classroom, it can be even more challenging. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'd say for sure there, the burnout is for real. Um, I think the system really needs to sit back and take a look at where they are now and how things can be changed. Because because of what, you know, I, I'm a native Atlantan. Since things, and as you know, I I am of a Greek culture, so I'm just like you. There was a lot of push. You're going to college. You're gonna you're gonna be an A student. And I was, and graduate with honors. But there's also an importance of what you said about the child should enjoy learning as well. That they're not just push, push, push to the point that everybody becomes anxious and there's anxiety that runs the gamut. So um, every child is different. Some can handle a lot more than others. And I just think they need to sit back and take a look at what what scenario is going on now. It can't continue to work in the same way it's been. It needs to look differently, in my opinion. And I have some ideas I won't share here. <laughs> but um, and it's going to take a lot of people to probably, you know, talk to the state government, the legislatures and, and start bringing that up that, you know, it can't it's not working. It's, it's really broken, to be honest. Um, and everybody's just going through the motion at this point. So the individualized tutoring, um, I love it because we can really elevate a child. Uh, I help kids get in the gifted program. And then it's so cool to watch even a child that may have some dual classification. Let's say they have some emotional issues, but they're very gifted. They're very strong in academics. They may get missed in the school system. So there's um, there's a lot a lot of people look at it as just people who are struggling in academics and need to catch up. But it's it's even the ones that need to, to advance. It's important that they get what they can. They're like a sponge, so keep pushing them, and they can get as much as they can get. Um, and again, every child is different. So um, I think our system uh, talks about differentiation, but it's really not feasibly possible. And, and that many different directions that are happening right now. Yeah. So. Well, so what do you see? What would you say is the most rewarding part of your job as an entrepreneur, Helen? Mm, um, I think seeing that a kid that came from a 30 who's a 4.0 student that can actually in three and a half weeks with tutoring and a lot of, um, you know, confidence building by the tutor and a lot of cheerleading that they can get to a B. Uh, stuff like that, like these big boosts of, wow, you can do it. They hit a wall and they weren't doing any work. So that's just an example of, gosh, I have many <laughs> where we can assist. Um, I helped a child um, who was one I taught in the gifted program in middle school. She was at the high school. She was taking the SAT, ACT, and she could not finish those tests. And so her mom called me and I talked to her personally um, and I said, well, you know, you need extended time to get this. You have ADHD. And so she never had the extended time. She didn't have a 504 plan. She didn't think she ever needed it. And so I think she finally realized she did. I talked to her about it. Then we got on. I got on a 504 meeting with the high school and her mom and her. She I talked to her about advocating for herself. She did it. She came on. She did it. She had to advocate again to talk to teachers before we had that second meeting to get this thing pushed through and she did it. I kept on her 
<laughs> I was texting her, but I kept on her and she did it. And boom, she got like a 500 point increase on her test when she got the extended time that she needed. And she's now in college doing very well. So I love stories like that. Even a kid who the parent just texted and said, this is the first 100 she's gotten in math class. And she's in an accelerated class in um, in Atlanta public schools in um, Sutton. And she made her first 100 in math. She was all excited. And that she gets tutored twice a week. But there's something to be said about consistency. And, you know, just having somebody, you know, being a, a trainer yourself, right? It's about, I could sit here and go work out at LA Fitness and I am a member of LA Fitness, but will I push myself to go? Will I push myself to do a little bit more and step out of my comfort zone? No, I have a, a trainer. She pushes me or I can tell her, hey, I need to work on this. This is what I think I really need to work on and they can do it. So it's that individualized, personalized growth that helps push you to where you need to go. <laughs> do you like that? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that's so important because you know I work with mostly adults, and sometimes I'm like, we need to have a conversation about the way you show up, right? And and I tell them this comes from a place of tough love because you need to learn to show up for yourself. And the other thing is you have accountability through me, right? Which mm. means in a kind, supportive way, right? So, where are you struggling? What can I help you with? And I think for those kids, especially the you know middle school ones, the ones who are going through um, those life changes, where trying to fit in, they don't know who they are. Now they're struggling in school, right? It's the whole dynamics is gets messy. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> middle school is definitely <laughs> confidence, and to teach them to set self advocate for themselves. That is empowering to the world that you started with, and that teaches them a skill for life. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Yep, well, that's what I love about actually being not in the classroom. There's certain things you just can't do as a teacher, but as an entrepreneur, we definitely can do a lot uh, of things. And we talk. There's 18 of us, so we I can. I, I can go to any of my tutors and say, hey, can you talk to this tutor? I think you have this strength. And I know what my tutors have as strengths. So we can get what we need from with us as a collaboration and a team, a team. and get that team support and, and still help a child. Even though they may have, let's say me as a tutor, I'll still reach out to somebody else and, and I'll pair those two tutors together to have a discussion. So. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and I have outside re- resources too that are not in my company that I can refer people to: psychologists, pediatricians, um, you know, um, even consultants that do IEPs and special ed. I, I mm-hmm. referred somebody uh, that contacted me. She had a four-year-old that needs an IEP, and so I was like, "Ooh, that's outside my boundary. <laughs> I know where my lane is." So I sent her to a specialist that can deal with that. So. Yeah, changing a changing somebody's lifestyle and life, I would say, takes a tribe sometimes, right? So I refer to a lot of people, you know, whether it's a massage therapist or myofascial release or you know, a chiropractor or whatever, or to a PT. Sometimes, like you need to have an or to check this, right? I am not a physician, and it's the goal is to empower somebody. Mm-hmm. In your case, different aspect. I'm the pillar of health. You're the pillar of education. Um, to make them to help them build a better life for themselves. All right, I believe in solving the problem. That's what it's all about. Find out, listen to what the need is, 
see if I can solve the problem. If I can't, my last resort is I'm going to farm that out to somebody else that yeah. has the expertise I don't have. Yeah. Very cool. Helen, let's go with uh, I We Can End Without Me asking you what's your definition of rebellious? Ah, <laughs> um, I would say it's stepping outside the norm <laughs> in a good way, in a good way, and changing things up. I mean, that's, you know, I think that's exactly what I said is the system is broken, in my opinion. And it has been. I've already seen that from years ago. It's not just COVID. Um, and so who and parents and as a village, I say it takes a village. My tutors connect with the teachers. I ask my parents to connect the the tutor to the child's teacher. And we talk on email because they will talk to us differently than they will a parent. So it takes a village to get the support and the needs um, because like you said, parents see their children only so many hours. The teachers have a lot of kids. They see them so much. And then we have the tutor. So the more people that are involved, the better for the child. And I think um, that's causing a creative outside the box thought process that solution. works. Solution. Yep. yep. It's a solution that I hear superintendents are kind of now talking about. <laughs> so, hey, I've been doing it. <laughs> You know what? Sometimes it takes one person to step outside the box or outside the comfort zone to get others to go, huh, look at that, right? Which is the whole purpose of this podcast, to get people to think outside the box in whatever area of life they can use growth. And to answer your question, I mean, I felt like my growth was, it it reached its max at 25 years and really before. So my growth was stunted if I was staying there any longer. So I had to step out in order to do other things and and be rebellious and go against the grain, but not in a bad way. (laughs) And you know what? I, I also want to say what you just said. I think by you stepping outside of the comfort zone, you're offering that empowerment to kids who wouldn't have it otherwise, right? So by you putting yourself out there and being rebellious, you're helping others to be better, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. very, very important to note because had you stayed somewhere where you're not growing and you're stagnant and you're unhappy, you can inspire and empower the way you do now. That's that's correct. That's true because my hands were tied. <laughs> and they're not tied in my own company. Yeah. <laughs> so Helen, how can people um, find you? What's the best way to follow you or reach out if they have questions? Um, so you can reach out. Um, first of all, my website is www.dynamislearningacademy.com. It's still that way. Um, and on there, there's a contact uh, a per place up on the top and you can click on that and email me that way. Or you can um, contact us through 770-282-9931. That's our business number. And or my email, Helen at dynamislearningacademy.com. It's still got the academy in there for now. And um, so any of those ways uh, you can reach out, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all of them, LinkedIn. And I invite you to do that. You can come get on our newsletter list. We do have a newsletter and a podcast. Maria Maria has been on it. And you can go on my website and see all my blogs, all my podcasts, and listen to anything that you think is important as a topic to you and reflects and helps you learn as a parent. I think parents don't know what they don't know is my favorite sentence about them because there is too much to know 
And so what you know you need to go figure out, just go start looking for really great blogs and podcasts and things like that. And just just arm yourself with knowledge ahead, way ahead of your child having to do something. For instance, SAT, ACT prep. Don't wait till they're in 10th grade. Start finding out about that in eighth grade. We're even doing what's called preteen planning for high school because high school counselors don't have time to even do that once they get into high school. We're starting it from seventh and eighth grade. We help plan out a child. We talk to them for an hour and I have a tutor that helps plan out what subjects and they should be on what path as they're going through high school. So, and we just did somebody that's an NCAA athlete that's looking at that for volleyball. So uh, we just worked with her on her schedule just a couple of weeks ago. So uh, if your child needs any help and you're, and they kind of have an idea of what, where they want to go, I would say a school is probably not going to help you as well as somebody like a, a planning person like us or somebody else. Yeah. Somebody who can customize to what the child needs. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Helen, I am so grateful to you for being here. Thanks for all the insight and inspiration and knowledge. And I thank you all for watching and listening and uh, make it a rebellious day. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Can't get enough of those rebellious conversations. Do make sure you subscribe, like, and share with your friends.